0: Welcome to episode 539 of Troubadours and Raconteurs, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we feature regular contributor, homesteader, winemaker, sensei, and our resident reluctant philosopher, straight out of Stockbridge, Vermont, Almighty Todd The Almighty and I discuss rain, the White River, the bastardization of rational thinking, modern Christianity, loyalty and morality, polarization fuel, the moral majority, yin-yang, how everything is progress, how all is flux, parroting of language, disrupting your yard's natural ecosystem. John Muir, jewelweed, rocky mountain oysters, gardening ethics, his tomatoes and squash, his grandfather Vince, and male hummingbirds, among other things. A grand conversation with Almighty Todd this go-round. We have an E.W. poem titled Croon, And, of course, all of this will be infused, imbued, with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to be with you. Let's get to it, then. Episode 539 of Troubadours and Rock-On Tours.
1: You wanted retribution I came to the same conclusion It's a story as old as time I heard you cried in the other
0: Oh, mighty Todd, is that you?
2: Hello, Conundrum, that must be you.
0: <laughs> I think so. How's it going?
2: How are you you today?
0: I, I am as much me as I could be, I suppose. That's good. Yeah, you know. and You're, uh, you're full of yourself. <laughs> many people would say that is the case, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's nice to have you on Troubadours and Rock On Tours yet again. Nice uh, to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you for those who have not had the pleasure of hearing this segment. Almighty Todd is a regular contributor for a long time now, I'm happy to say. He is a homesteader, a winemaker, a sensei, among other things, and our resident reluctant philosopher coming to us straight out of Stockbridge, Vermont. How's it going?
2: It is uh, another day where it rained.
0: Yeah. it's.
2: Yeah. I mean, you could say that just about every day this summer. We were counting the other day. I think there's been maybe six days <laughs> since early June.
0: You got more. It, it, we did? Uh, you got more up there than we got down here in my I neck mean, of the yeah, woods.
2: I've been watching. I see you've been getting plenty, too, but we're like this like uh, production zone.
0: Yeah, I don't know it's, what it uh, is.
2: It, it's really something. Um, in all my years of living in the Northeast, I've never seen anything like this. And most, even the older timers than me say that they can't remember <laughs> a summer this wet.
0: Has it, has it uh, really affected the river and tributaries?
2: Well, I have not been able to go swimming uh, since early June. Because it's always been so tur- too tur- turbid. And, uh, you know, it's just not a good idea to swim when it's like that because there's a lot of organic matter that comes out of the hills and, you know, there's all kinds of stuff in the water. Uh, I, I, my business partner, he has a neighbor an adult kid took a swim and got sick in the Connecticut.
0: A few what, like ago. something gastrointestinal? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's not a good idea. So anyways, that's kind of been a bummer. And then it actually it looked clear. It had been dry for the last couple of days and it got clear in the river. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be able to swim tomorrow. And then it rained today and it wasn't supposed to. And every there's, everything's so saturated, it ran right off. And so it's, it's cloudy again. So hoping that's going to be it. It's supposed to be dry for a while. and Maybe for the the weekend it'll be nice enough to – to take a dip, finally.
0: Yeah, and we're but talking. Boy, boy. We're talking about the White River for those who are wondering Correct. up there and in, uh, in Vermont, central Vermont. A beautiful river, uh, and
2: large watershed.
0: Large watershed. Actually,
2: I think it's the. It may be one of the largest watersheds in the state. Now that I think about it, um, just because it's a big fan. There's there's f- f- multiple branches of the river. Covers a lot of a lot of territory.
0: So you know when you when you look at this extra rain, do you think it's you know just something that occurred because? Oh, it's just weather. Nothing. It's weather change. It's Is weather. Is it climate change. change? Is it? I'll
2: admit to weather change,
0: but not climate change.
2: I don't know if I believe in that.
0: Really, that surprises I mean,
2: me. I'm joking. <laughs> I, I I can't believe that anybody would not believe in climate change but that's because we're at we've talked about this before we're at this uh juxtaposition between uh belief and evidence-based reality um at this point in time right and so uh you know there's and i just you know i i don't want to beat the keep beating the drum except that we have to keep beating the drum because it's actually an issue and it, it seems to be coming a greater issue every day
0: um yeah the and, me, the mentality he, of you know uh, whatever I think is 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 real and correct. It doesn't matter what science or proven facts say.
2: Exactly. Well, and that's and that's in the crazy way. That's like a a bastardization of uh, really like progressive thinking of in terms of uh, we we can't we can't really objectively know what is true because of our subjective existence. So. But then that's you know there's too many people that want to throw the baby out with bathwater. Well, if, you know if, if nothing, if you can't really know the truth, then well, I can believe anything I want. Right. <laughs> um, no, we have there. There's a lot of stuff we can agree to agree on, and that you don't have to believe in. Um, you don't necessarily have to believe in astrophysics to be an astrophysicist and put somebody on the moon. You f- you follow the protocols. And the scientific method shows you how to get there. And there's a lot of stuff about our modern world that people just kind of conveniently forget has a lot to do with evidence-based uh, progress as opposed to belief in something. You you can believe that you can get to someplace, but then you got to use this method to get there. You can't just magically jump. There's a lot of magical thinking going on in the world today.
0: Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and I, you know,
2: and, and it what it does is it justifies a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense,
0: right? And you know, I've I've talked with you about this before, and <clears throat> I'm becoming more and more, sort of, adamant about this. I I really think religion is is a problem, you know, it, 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 and it sort of feeds the mentality, uh, or gives you an out uh, when it comes to having to choose between rational thinking, science based, you know um, study and, and proof. Uh, it it really, and, and plus we just have big, arrogant sort of egos in, in, in this in this part of the world, this Western United States, you know, capitalistic, materialistic, me, me, me mentality. Uh, and you know, religion really fuels it, especially when you look at modern day um, evangelists. They believe that the higher power that they call God wants them to be materialistic, successful, materialistically successful. And if you are pursuing that, then you're doing the work of God. That to me is crazy and empty.
2: Talk. Well, and the, and well, the and the, hip, the hypocrisy in it is that they um, use the guise of Christianity to drape themselves in that mammon. Exactly. And, uh, it just you know. They would not recognize Christ. No. Jesus Christ today. They wouldn't he, let him into there because he, he wouldn't be dressed right.
0: He's a man of color who was basically a hippie, you know? <laughs> and I mean, uh, a radical hippie.
2: Right. And, and you know, he, that, he's exactly the kind of, you know, the, the money changers that he would have, you know, flipped the whip at. But, you know, we've, it's, yeah, that's. There's an issue there because somebody I saw recently was asking about, you know, do you feel like this? there's an issue with modern Christianity? And I was like, I don't know about that so much, but what currently are uh, evangelicals, they're the weird mashup, of some, you know, Abrahamic uh, revenge-based stuff and then capitalism. And it doesn't, to me, bear a whole lot of resemblance to the um, – the, the, the teachings of the faith that i was brought up with but i was brought up in a catholic church so you know they're papists and you can't even list they you know they're sold out and frankly they're you know that church that church has had its share of problems too no doubt so i can't i can't argue with you about the um the religion thing it's no. confusing it's because good. it you know it it, it may it you got to look at the things that it does well, and then balance it against the things that it does wrong. And uh, yeah. I guess that's that's where it's a reflection of humanity.
0: It, it is definitely a reflection of humanity, and I think it's all about humanity. The things that it does right, it does do things right. You don't need religion to do those things. You know, there's there's a there's the catch. The catch is all the bad stuff that comes with it. You know, the oppression, the repression. Uh, you know that that debilitating judgment and and guilt and. And persecution, um, and and again, you know, faith is, is as an out, faith as an out, you know, faith is good in certain ways, in certain contexts, in certain you know approaches. But the kind of faith I'm talking about is an out. It's a way not to deal and face up to things that need to be dealt with and faced.
2: Yeah, I think as long as faith faith is driving someone towards their better angels, then it has a place. Yes but when you start putting faith quote unquote into authoritarian's or um corrupt systems come on you know it, it the, the word it gets bastardized exactly and maybe that's not the right I should that's pejorative I shouldn't it what people how can i say this that's not fair to bastards <laughs> no yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to see the way people have have, have um misused faith. Nothing
0: wrong with a bastard, you know. It's
2: just pl- it, it, plenty of plenty of them out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I'm being as technically uh correct with my <laughs> use of it as possible. A bastard is someone who isn't born in in, in a wed wedded, wedded uh union, right? Right. That doesn't mean you're a bad person um at all. But we've made it that you know, over time, you know, you're not legit because your parents weren't married. Um, that's ridiculous. It makes a nice
2: sword though too.
0: It's a classes it's a classist thing. Uh, it makes a nice sword, did you say?
2: Yeah, the bastard sword.
0: I didn't even it's know about that. Like Is that do you have one of oh, those? Yeah.
2: I, I don't I don't swing one of those myself. No. That's not that's not my, my game, but there are definitely people that play that, the HEMA people, the historic European martial arts folks. It's a nice like uh double handed, double blade sword.
0: They're European European martial art folk you yeah. said? Yeah. So this is not rooted or connected to uh, martial arts coming from the East?
2: No. No, it's pretty much the um, you know, the knights in armor, uh, and different, uh, different stuff they'd use.
0: Is, it, is, it, is that a, a pejorative sort of use of the term bastard when they hit bastard sword, or is it, is, is it more of an embracing? No it's,
2: no, it's a specific kind of sword. Um, it's a nice looking one, too. Um, I don't. I wonder. Wonder if Excalibur would qualify as a bastard sword.
0: But is it used by bastards or is it used to no, kill no. bastards? It, it,
2: it, both, maybe.
0: I'm wondering. <laughs> the bastards. sword. This was not on our list of things to talk about. I know it
2: was not. We've, died, we've completely diverted.
0: <laughs> That's good though. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah. so almighty Todd, I know I'm looking at the list now, <laughs> Nuremberg, <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> uh, well, we could, I think we could connect it. Nuremberg revisited was one of the things you threw at me. Yeah. Uh, can we connect it to that? The bastard sword? Would that have worked at Nuremberg or the the new uh, Nuremberg as you're, I think you're alluding to?
2: Uh, yeah, that I'm more talking about there. Yeah. There's some bastards involved there. That's for sure. In the pejorative term. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, it's this. Uh, I just thought it's fascinating because it comes around again, again. One of those, you know, things where they say if you don't study history, you'll you know, be forced to repeat it. Um, certain people right now, certain uh, false electors saying, "Well, I was only following orders. Mm-hmm. I only did it because I was following orders." And we know that it hasn't worked before, right? <laughs> Pretty much anybody. And um, interesting, you know, in in the case of Nuremberg trials, it it was um, more – it's a technicality that even though something was legal inside of your nation, it was illegal in international law. Right. And so you're not absolved because you were following your
0: internal rules. Right, right. Um, And well, it's just the way it should be.
2: Well, yeah, I mean,
0: you shouldn't be left off the hook just because you said you were following your internal rules. When there's a larger sense that uh, that it's wrong,
2: right? Well, this is and this is the thing is that uh, I think going back to like Talmudic law, there's something about you know the uh, if the messenger is is sent to create it to make a sin, they're not absolved from having done this in if somebody else sent them to you know to do a thing like the hitman is not absolved because the, the you know the perpetrator asked them to do it
0: right the button pusher is not the only one who's guilty it's the person who yeah, reacted so this to the button is, you know, yeah. this
2: idea goes a long way back um, but what it comes down to I think mm-hmm. is a, uh, a a conflict between loyalty and morality
0: Mm. Or, or just money. <laughs> and well,
2: loyalty to money, but maybe. But it, the point is, or that you know, I, I'm doing this because I'm this person. I believe in this. I have belief that what this person is doing is right. I believe that Hitler has the right idea about his concerns and how we deal with them.
0: We gotta yeah, hope that, them, that no. We gotta hope that no one takes that statement out of context, because you'll then you'll be done.
2: Yeah, uh, no, but you you hear what I mean.
0: I totally you know, know what you mean. That was kind of a, a joke. Yeah. 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 And, and, and you're talking about, so, I think you're talking about 45. We're not going to say his name. The people, no. why would anybody believe what he is is correct? That's the thing that still perplexes me. Well,
2: that yeah. gets to your, you know, the second topic we were talking about, going for. polar, Which, is, which one? Yeah,
0: the
2: polarization.
0: Yeah, the polarization fuel. Yeah. Yeah
2: is that and we've discussed this before you know at least touched on it that there's you know a mass anxiety that's been being stoked for about 30 years since the quote unquote moral majority made themselves known and started to manipulate um media organizations and basically built a playbook for feeding propaganda to the public and it's so funny that you know some of these the cable news they they decry the mainstream media, but they're you know they're even worse purveyors of bias themselves and uh, you know I thought it was fascinating. it came across this recent study that took into account. Um, basically, it used, used AI, in this case, like a, a language learning model, and it took a look at a bunch of, like, billions of words spoken on uh, a couple of major networks that hmm. we know about. One on the left and one on the right. I don't know if I want to even air their names. No, we
0: don't have to. We, they're we, both
2: three-letter three words, and... Um, And then looked at a couple hundred thousand tweets related to uh, certain political issues during a 10-year time span between 2010 and 2020. And what it showed pretty much was that there was a complete parroting of language coming out of those outlets and into people's personal expression on social media. Mm-hmm. This is a Virginia Tech study. Um, but what it showed was that it, it really uh, – what we've seen in a lot of graphs, a driving apart of political viewpoints and a very little middle ground and also a, uh, a disdain for the other political party that has quite, almost quadrupled what it was in the early 90s.
0: The disdain has quadrupled, you're saying. The, yeah,
2: I mean, like, or you know, it's gone way up in terms of, like, the, the percentage of uh, uh, people in one political party say, the other political party, they're a real problem.
0: Right, they're bad, they're you know, terrible. From, yeah. from,
2: from being in the teens and the 20s to, like, in the, to, you know, 70% each.
0: Right, right.
2: You know, I'm throwing numbers out there, stuff I read recently, but it was enough of a, made enough of an impact on me to say, okay.
0: That's huge.
2: It's yeah. huge, and it, it's not actually not a surprise. We've been seeing it happening. It's happening in front of us.
0: And do you think um, – and, uh, and,
2: and, and the media is not going to call itself out.
0: No, because this, they make money. Behavior. They get that's viewers. the viewers. That's
2: the point. That's yeah. the point. And, and because we are so entertainment needy that the news is concocted in a way to be dramatic, to gain attention and eyeballs. And so topics that really should probably have some coverage never even have a freaking chance because to, to get covered because they just aren't exciting or They're not juicy enough, they, right. They don't flip the dopamine switch hard hard enough. Or actually they they might. But they won't they won't get the chance. It's like music that, you know, really good musicians that never get a chance. Because the system is set up to not create pathways.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. The same old, same old, nothing new. Uh, Why well, take a chance on that? This Followed works. The formula. Yeah, yep. right. And you know, it it's uh, also some of those issues that we do see a lot of, or hear a lot about, read a lot about. Uh, th- as you mentioned, they're they're kind of um, looked at in in a, in a very limited way by separate camps, and and. They could use some thorough analysis that would be valuable and intellectually stimulating, right? But but they don't. They choose the networks, the media, all too often, choose not to have that very you know involved, uh, thorough, balanced, if you want to call it that. Just let's say thorough ana- uh, analysis. I I do watch uh, the News Hour on PBS, which I think does a good job. Uh, unlike the other networks you're alluding to, we're not going to. I'll give the News Hour, since they're public broadcasting, a plug. Right. Also, um, uh, I watch BBC uh, News, and uh, there's a program out of Germany too. It's English speaking, but um, uh, they also talk about world news and uh, cl- including what's going on in the United States. And I find all of those outlets. Are not uh, about uh, trying to emotionally manipulate you. They they try to intellectually hey, hey, stimulate, and I like Allah it. Allah forbid you. Allah forbid you.
2: Look at try checking out Al, Al Jazeera English.
0: Al Jazeera too. I haven't seen that. I don't have access to that. But in the past, I have, not I I like Al Jazeera too.
2: Uh, I'll throw one at you. I'll give a plug to these this. Uh, Outfit that I've been checking out lately Have we talked about ground.news?
0: No we haven't
2: Ground.news Very interesting uh, Content aggregation Source that is also a uh, Subscription level there's extra Features that you can get at Um, But they do They cover a lot of news And everything they cover they also Show the percentage of, of Which the center news media Right and left news media Cover are covering this story.
0: That's interesting.
2: It's very interesting. There's some great analytics, and you know, uh, the only problem I have with it is I still, this is you know, it's I'm never going to change. but I still have a problem with the right-left designation.
0: You do. You do.
2: I do. I just feel like it's a it's a misuse of terms, and it, would it mean that means that the right is always right.
0: You mean not correct, you mean they're always of that conservative well, that's, or whatever. That's the question. Yeah. If
2: they have correctness built into their name. Ah, so that Whereas does. they have whereas left this is, you know, semantics, but and then the left they're always left. You can't trust them to stick around and be there for you.
0: Right, they you know left even when you look at language.
2: Why it, is it not progressives and re- regressives?
0: Okay, yeah, I like that. Well, then the, you know, the regressives don't like it. That's for sure, but, but that's
2: what they're doing. That's what they are.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like it's like uh pro-life. And, you know, it's like pro-life and and uh pro-choice. Pro a, pro-life uh, isn't fair uh, to say that, you know. It, uh, you know, it's it you could say it's anti-choice, right?
2: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But that's it. It's in frame it's the framing. Yeah. It's all in the framing. So that's it. I might send them an, I might send them an email.
0: Who ground news and say Yeah,
2: ground out news and say, Hey, you should you should have another another set of words for this. You need to be more inclusive.
0: Well, you know, I'm gonna go into your Eastern uh, philosophy uh, experience in education. We talk about right, left, you know, conservative, regressive, what have you. Is this the same as, as uh, yin yang?
2: Uh, well, yeah, you can use you can always use yin and yang through as a uh, kind of a, a tool through which to look at and try to analyze situations. Um, the thing is, it's just it, it forces a dualistic framework. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not without its utility, but um, dualism can also sometimes. And quite often mean opposition. When it's not in balance such that the things flow into one another continuously moving forward in time. And that's the joke because progress happens no matter what. You, people want to try and stop progressives. But everything is progress.
0: That's, even that's bad, what we are.
2: Even, that's what humanity is. Even bad even, things? Some bad things progress too. I mean, some some of us, some people that are regressives, decided to let COVID go wild, and now it's become a very progressive new thing that we need to deal with.
0: So you're saying everything pro progresses, me, uh, and progress is inevitable. You're basically saying things keep moving.
2: Keep that's yeah. Back that's the, the first philosophical construct. Anaximander, all is flux. Change changes is constant. That's the constant, and you know, conservative thinking is supposed to help kind of moderate change, not go backwards. And cuz you can't go backwards. That's not that's not realistic. That's not even reasonable thinking, but people will believe that they can go backwards.
0: Make so they, America great again. That kind of mentality. Yeah. Would, you know.
2: make it into something it never was before because I didn't study history enough to know what that was. Yeah, it's
0: not even accurate. You're correct, but even if it were that America you know, America was a certain. Yeah, way, because
2: yeah, you know. Well, he, I heard that I heard that the slaves learned
0: valuable skills. Oh God, DeSantis, he's embarrassing. He really, oh, you just gave him a plug. Yeah, well, he's embarrassing.
2: You didn't say, you didn't say meatball.
0: <laughs> meatball. That's <right. laughs> then we'll get. Then we're gonna get ethnic on them. You know, I don't want to give them. I mean, I'm Italian American. I don't want to associate with. Uh, that. There are
2: all kinds of meatballs around the world.
0: Uh, well, the Italians don't have a. They oh, don't have okay. a lock on meatballs. It could be a Swedish <laughs> meatball then.
2: <laughs> it could be. It could be a Turkish meatball. A,
0: teaker, a Turkish meatball. All right. <laughs> not a not one made of Turkey. We're saying one from Turkey. Right?
2: Well, it depends on if you're talking about a turkey or not.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> Almighty God. Like this, this may
2: be more turkey than beef here.
0: Uh, for sure it is. It might be more bull than anything. <laughs> uh, but I love Rocky
2: it. Rocky Mountain Oyster? What's that? Um, Really? Yeah. Really?
0: Really. What's a Rocky Mountain Oyster?
2: Um, I don't know how to tell you this.
0: Uh oh! Is this going to be dirty? Am I might have to bleep this out.
2: Well, maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: it comes from places where cattle ranching is prevalent.
0: Oh, so they're like you know, um, uh, like a, like you you some something similar to what you would see at a at a, at a cow flop. Uh no. Okay. Um,
2: well, when you have a lot of cattle. Some of them are boys and some of them are girls. Yes. Okay.
0: I feel like I'm getting the talk. Go ahead. You're getting the talk. <laughs> uh,
2: if you're going to keep the boys around, to turn them into beef, they can't all be intact.
0: Oh, castration.
2: Because it gets problematic.
0: Oh, man, that's terrible. See, I don't want to know about that. Rocky Mountain Oyster? So is this the, the like what, hap- what you end up with after the process? Yep. And what do you do with it?
2: Do they fry them like, like oysters? Really? Yeah.
0: Have you experienced that? Have no. you? No. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> so okay, let's call what's his name from Florida, the governor of Florida. Yeah, I think he's a Rocky Mountain <laughs> oyster. I think he is. I think he even looks like one. The way I would imagine it. Now when I, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. I think, I think some campaign is going to run with it once they hear this, <laughs> this, this discussion. Almighty Todd here on Troubadours and Rock on Tours, our reluctant resident philosopher, or resident reluctant philosopher. I'm not sure how those words. We, we always play around with those words. A longtime contributor to the program, I'm happy to say, and a very good friend of mine. Up there in Stockbridge, Vermont. Uh, What are you, on your porch or in the barn? What are you, where are you sitting?
2: No, I'm actually up, uh, I'm up at the desk right now. I'm I'm indoors. The uh, mosquitoes have been fantastic as of late, so I'm definitely not on the porch right now.
0: Yeah, all that that moisture will do it.
2: Oh yeah, there's standing water. And they are, they have been breeding. So yeah, the bugs have been pretty, pretty amazing in terms of their, uh, their volume
0: yeah I've noticed that a bit here too,
2: so it's been interesting <clears throat> making runs to the garden <clears throat> excuse me if it's uh starting to get towards evening, you're like, Oh, we need greens for dinner you're like, oh boy, okay, you know, put on two layers because they can go through one um and uh you just make it as fast as possible
0: well that 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 brings me to the other topic that's a' this is a good segue. You wanted to talk about gardening ethics,
2: oh yeah. Yeah, this is just something I had been thinking about recently, and I did a little, Goog- you know, googling around and found some other people that were uh, a bunch of different writing on the topic, and I just thought it was funny and interesting because uh, it's eth-
0: an- you know anthropocentric. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it's what we do. It's it's, it comes with civilization. This this uh, this agricultural slant and you know i grew up with you know both of my sets of grandparents had a pretty extensive gardens and we did too at our house which was kind of like the the little extra kitchen garden because there was always so much coming out of my grandparents place that there was enough to go around and a lot that went into canning and into the freezer um and you know f- f- for th- for those folks they were you know Children of the Depression and um, the, the just the idea of being able to make food for yourself
0: mm-hmm.
2: was a big deal. It wasn't like made a big deal of, but it was just it was just de rigueur. It's like what you did. Um, and in truth, we ate really well mm. as kids. We didn't have a ton of money, but we ate really well. Um, and a lot of it had to do with how much of food came out of the backyards. And, um, I just, I feel like there's like a, there was a work ethic that got built around doing stuff in the garden, doing the weeding and the tending. And, you know, I was just not a big fan of picking beans. (laughs) I still, still not one of my favorite jobs for whatever reason.
0: The green Um, beans?
2: The green beans. Yeah. Even though I like, you know, I like them and all. Um, but I got... I remember at some point when I was a young, like middle school age, my parents hired me out to local farm <laughs> 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 friends. People, it was no. In all honesty, it was a, a woman that my mom worked with at the hospital in uh, in Amsterdam, New York, and they had a they had a farm, um, big corn farm, beef, other other vegetables too. But they had a you know farm stand, and so uh, they sold a lot of corn. Near the Orysville Shrine on the Mohawk River uh, on Sundays. And they sold all kinds of other stuff, but they had a big, humongous green bean patch that I got hired out to work for a couple of weeks picking beans. And I think that's what probably did it to me. Probably. But I, I, but I know that they were doing that to be like, this is why this, you know, this, make sure the kid wants to go to school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, a little incentive.
2: So, and I think in some ways working in all the gardens did that to me. But, you know, here I am now doing it you know we do it at at home here in this this year for as wet as it has been and even though we literally that when we had the flood in early july and there was water running across the field and through the garden rows, um it's done really well the tomatoes are humongous there's tons of fruit on them but they're ripening slowly because we haven't any sun um but pretty much everything has come through and we've got like Couple kinds of Swiss chard and a bunch of uh, Sonata kale and this really yokotana uh, Asian greens and uh, a bunch of different mustard greens and squashes coming along and it's I just you know I'm really impressed for as weird as a year it is, is that we've got so much coming out. Do you need, well, do, you need do you need any vegetables? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I I'll put them in a box and
0: Please mail them to us. that would be great, Todd. Uh, now, where do the ethics come into it? All?
2: Well, this is there's this is the thing is it well there's the work ethic part of it of working in the garden but then you know there's all these if you really want to overthink it you know drink too much coffee and uh, start considering it you know that that piece of yard was its own ecosystem and i just disturbed it to do my own thing with it and uh you know i i disrupted it and i i planted things that don't normally belong there naturally and uh, you know when I'm going, I've decided that the weeds I don't like, I'm going to pull them out in favor of the plants that I do like. And then, uh, actually when I, um, th- I have to thin stuff because they're getting on top of one another, I have to decide who's going to live and who's not on any given day. So you like a little God playing out in the garden, Mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. then, and then there's what kind of subterfuge starts happening when, uh, when there's too many z- zucchini, and you've I've got some really good recipes. There's a great uh, zucchini oat fritter recipe that I've been working on. It's excellent. And doing the zucchini boats with uh, like a you know a, a ground meat and vegetables
0: mm-hmm. filling. Yeah. Also
2: really good. But you wind up with so many v- zucchini. There's the joke around here that in August you know don't leave your car doors unlocked. It's not that your car gets stolen. It's because you will wind up with a bunch of zucchini.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and
2: it, which, and this brings me back to, you know, my grandfather. Okay. Here's, here's some a couple of dilemmas around gardening and zucchini alone. Cause zucchini can be a controversial subject. And I just learned this morning, Andrea found out that you can make zucchini flour out of the big ones. Wow. So I'm going to, am going to have to not try that, but no, I will. I'll give that one a shot. Um, but so here's the deal. My grandfather, my maternal grandfather did not like zucchini. Did not like to eat zucchini in any form whatsoever. Try all kinds on him, he didn't like it, but he liked to grow zucchini and to give zucchini away. And he would yeah, you know, he wouldn't have a farm stand, but he'd have a surplus stand out in front of the house and people walking by or riding their bikes by would stop and take vegetables away. And then, you know, I remember the time when he sent me over to the Keen camp and said, "Here, take these vegetables over to the Keens. They'll they'll use them." So I took you know put them on my bike and I took them over there. And Ken Keen's like, "Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, okay. Uh, more zucchini from from Vince." That's, that's your great. grandfather's name, yeah, Vince. That's great. Okay. And he's like, "Why why why did he send more zucchini over?" I said, "I don't know. I was just following orders." <laughs>
0: This goes back to what you're saying, Er. Yeah. <laughs> How
2: easily it can happen.
0: Nuremberg revisited. <laughs> oh. so, uh,
2: so. anyways. So yeah. So you know, what what things? What lengths do we go to with these gardens? And then you have the, the dilemma of I've got so I've got all this food, but I can't eat it all. Do I just put it back into the compost pile? Right. Do you, but which is actually you know that's at least ten percent should go back to the land as a tithe
0: why sure. ten- why ten percent
2: because that's what the Bible said, I'm just following orders
0: oh again, really, you read the Bible, oh wow,
2: well, let's just say, I had to read it a bunch of times a while ago,
0: you and John Muir <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody get that joke, but uh... <laughs>
2: Uh well but that's okay. But in a way the garden is a chapel.
0: It is. Again that's John Muir. That's John Muir yeah. right there. Yeah.
2: And we we did have a nice um well I don't say nice cuz they're really loud as hell. But a a family of house wrens that took up in one of the birdhouses around the garden. And they just they they just
3: rah, 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 rah. they
2: make a wicked racket and when you go down there they're like hey he's down here and they're talking about you and they're flying around and then uh, once they have babies then there's like five of them making noise and they I wish I had had a caught a video of it I went down to pick vegetables and they all they had been flying around they all jumped up into the high tall bean trellis that we have and we're just like talking to one another about what I was doing. I assume that's what it was because they were like all looking in my direction <laughs> and making this noise.
0: Are they indigenous to that to this that part of the country, or are they?
2: Oh uh, yeah, they well, they're, they're summer residents.
0: Summer residents, and,
2: and then they'll they'll take off. In fact, uh, we realized today that the male hummingbirds have left, um, and only the females are left for the winter. And, and they'll go in probably a few days. Yeah, there's a delay, and it's about when the jewelweed. Has started has lost all of its seeds. You know the jewelweed is you know which you know what I'm talking about jewelweed. Stuff,
0: a, yeah, that stuff, yeah, it gives you a really orange. good buzz when you smoke it out of a glass pipe, right? Ah, uh, no. Oh, okay, never mind then.
2: No, that's that might be a strain that you're thinking of. But it's, that's <laughs>
0: is, no. is that sativa or
2: no? This is uh, it's actually um, oh heck, I just was looking at it recently because I was looking up. I can't. I'm bla- blazing on the uh, the Latin name for what it is. But it, is, it grows in ditches and in marginal areas. It's got a pretty little orange flower that looks like a, an orchid.
0: I think, um, yeah, I've seen the, it. The
2: bees love it. The hummingbirds love it. And they take off about the time. And it, may, it has these little pods, little seed pods, that when you touch them, they explode. It's called like a, a touch me not. of uh,
0: sorts. touch me not.
2: And um, it's actually, I guess as it, when it's a shoot, you can eat it. But it's one of those things that often grows near uh, stinging nettles and poison ivy. And it's, uh, you can crush up the stems and use the juice as like a poultice on uh, skin rashes.
0: Wow. Wow. Where you, would where'd you learn this? Were you a Boy Scout or something?
2: Um, that was not Boy Scout. Well, that's like the naturalists' uh, training. A little bit of uh, being exposed to people that know what they're doing and uh, some of the Tom Brown stuff, his books, but no, yeah, it's kind of one of those common knowledge. Although some people, I guess, can be sensitive to it and end up getting a rash from it. So, good luck out there.
0: Yeah, the jewel weed.
2: Just, just don't wipe your butt with poison ivy when you're out in the woods.
0: You're not saying that from personal experience, right? I hope not. I hope not. No, no. no good.
2: Not, but I did get poison ivy a bunch of times really bad, systemic when I was a kid, from playing in the woods. So yeah. I'm... I'm very careful.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've learned. You've learned. Um, yeah, I saw recently. I was I was driving around town, and I, I, there's a, this wooded area um, near several homes, and I saw a sign. Hand hand uh, written on the sign was poison ivy, and I thought that was nice of the folks. It
2: was very nice of them. Yeah, because especially this year, it all of the creeping things and all of the vines are growing like nuts. And the po- I'm seeing poison ivy that's going up trees farther than I've ever seen before. Um, so it's definitely doing well. And now that we have a higher carbon dioxide environment, it's actually liking that too.
0: Is it? Poison yes. ivy thrives off of the carbon well, dioxide.
2: Yeah, all of them do. But that wow. I, I saw a study a bunch of years ago, five years ago, when they uh, uh, scientists took a little area of forest and <clears throat> pumped co2 at ground level in and the poison ivy went crazy it loved it
0: wow wow well you know i'm gonna here's what i'm gonna ask you to do we have like three four minutes left before we're done this go around almighty todd uh let's uh, how are we gonna wrap it all together i mean we've been talking about the rain we've been talking about uh, evidence-based progress and and uh, evangelicals, faith, uh, Talmudic law, and loyalty versus morality—is that all? Your Cover? tomatoes, yin yang.
2: <clears throat> well, you know, maybe this is the thing. And
0: Rocky Mountain oysters.
2: Oysters, okay, that's perfect because this is where I was going. It's like be conscious of what you eat. Be conscious of what we consume. You know, that's like one of the macrobiotic principles—not just you know what you eat and put into your body, but what do you read, what do you watch, what do you listen to? Is it a balanced diet? Is it something that's you're get, <clears throat> you're addicted to, or is it something that you are using to nourish yourself? It's really a a very basic concept, but because we are fed so much we often don't take time to choose what we consume and this goes back to our previous conversation about just the way that the platforms that we interact with one another and the outside world now operate they don't have our consumption habits in our consumption habits in our best interest It's in their best interest. Mm. And there's no way around it. Um, We need to try to consume and digest things in a balanced way, but also not try to take in stuff that's toxic in order to offset stuff that is healthy. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's come down to individual judgment.
0: Right. And, and and individual responsibility to self and to, to everybody you influence. Yeah.
2: And to realize that we're all interconnected and so there there you know, there is no individual responsibility without responsibility to our community and society. I love it. And and that's the, that's the, I think that's the thing that we just all have to remember. We're not here alone. We're we're in a shared situation at all times.
0: Wonderfully said, our resident philosopher, Almighty Todd. Uh, Thank you for hanging out with us, with me, and uh, sharing your experiences and your ideas, your thoughts, your good sense of humor as well. I look forward to talking with you again, probably during the holiday time. Okay. uh, Be Between now and then, take care of yourself and enjoy autumn. It'll be coming soon.
2: It's coming on quick. The leaves have not changed yet, but you can tell they're about to. And so um, you take care of yourself. And who knows? Maybe we'll uh, get a chance to catch up in person before too long.
0: I would love it. I
2: think that would be a good idea.
0: It is a good idea. I would love it. Take care, brother.
2: You too. Ciao.
0: Ciao. September, two days past a full moon. Soon again I will croon, my friend, a tune with you in mind. As the sycamore sings through an unseen bird sublime, the wonder of us all here together forever throughout our romantic notions of time Can it all be mine and yours for a few moments to understand? This universe, this land, our love, clasp hands. Episode five hundred and thirty-nine of Troubadours and Ruckon Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, our good friend, Almighty Todd, and these musical artists. Thelonious Monk, Van William and First Aid Kit, Pernice Brothers, Superchunk, Chunk, Brantford Marsalis and Terrence Blanchard too. And of course, I would like to thank you for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and do our best with This time, take care of yourselves.